0: This is Feed, Play, Love, a podcast especially for the parents and carers of small children. I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt. Over the years, I've spoken to some really interesting people about parenting, and this next interview is one from our collection. I hope you enjoy it. Resilience. It's kind of the buzzword right now. We all want our children to have this quality. Hell, I want to have this quality, so how do we teach resilience? Can it even be taught? Dr. Justin Coulson is KidSpot's parenting expert and he's just released a book called Nine Ways to a Resilient Child. Justin, welcome to Kindling Conversation. It's really
1: good to be with you, Siobhan.
0: So it does feel to me like we've been speaking about resilience a lot recently. Why do you think it's something we're talking about now? I think it's
1: because I, mean, I get phone calls, I get emails, I speak to parents at conferences and parent nights and all that kind of thing, and, and, and the questions that are consistently coming to me are, um, you know, my, my child failed a maths test and has told me that she never wants to do maths again, and she's in grade two. Uh, that's a problem. Or my, my son's really upset because uh, he played the piano in the Estedford and he didn't win, and... He made some mistakes, and now he never wants to play the piano again. It's too hard; he wants to give up or or you know kids will come home from school and they'll say whether it's kindy or preschool or or big school, they'll come home and they'll say um that they got picked on. They weren't even necessarily being bullied; they just got picked on or someone called them a name and and they kind of metaphorically. Curl up in the fetal position in the corner, and they want mummy or daddy to bring them a blankie and you know <laughs> and, and make them all better. And and some parents are saying, well, what am I supposed to do? Because I want them to be resilient. I want them to be able to deal with these harsh realities of life. Life gives us adversity on a daily basis. How do how do I help them to bounce back? I mean, resilience really is kind of you you know the, the bungee cord. You jump off the cliff, and you get all the way to the bottom, and maybe your head even goes into the water, and then the bungee cord pulls you back up. And, and it seems that there's a lot of concern, and, and there's certainly some evidence that as our children grow, that that bungee cord doesn't seem to be, it, it seems to have lost its elasticity. And in, in some cases, our kids aren't really bouncing back very high at all. In, in tragic cases, they don't bounce back. Uh, and that's why we're seeing more depression, more anxiety, more stress, even in young kids than we've ever seen. Resilience is a hot topic at the moment because parents are, are worried about their kids. And, and you know, more than anything, I think that parents are worried about it because what if we fail? You know, as parents, what if, what if our child is the one that that just doesn't bounce back, the the one who's going through this hardship. I remember being interviewed by one person years ago, and they said, what's the hardest thing about being a parent? And I, I, I didn't even have to hesitate. For me, the hardest thing is watching my children struggle. And I so badly want to go and pick them up and hug them and say, it's okay, I'm here. And sometimes we it's kind of like you know the butterfly coming out of the cocoon. If you help that butterfly out of the cocoon, it will never develop the strength to spread its wings and fly. They've actually got to have the struggles. Uh, and we want our children to be able to have those struggles successfully and and that's such a hard thing for a parent but if they don't you know we we've got them kind of on this ladder and at the bottom you've got the kids who are struggling the kids who are feeling helpless and hopeless and we don't want them to be there we we want them to we want them to be better than getting by we want them to be flourishing to be thriving to be flying and i think that's why resilience is such a big topic
0: Can it be taught? Because I think sometimes as parents we see innate qualities in our children, that some children can be quite sensitive and that's just part of their personality. Is it a skill that can be taught?
1: Empirical evidence says yes, unequivocally, unquestionably yes. Uh, And, you know, personality and... uh, (laughs) Psychologically speaking, theorists and researchers have been saying for decades that personality is stable. But what we're starting to see is it's actually not. Personality is contextual. And so somebody might be an extrovert in one situation, but dramatically introverted in another. That's not stability. That's contextual. And resilience may actually be the same. Some kids might be highly resilient in some contexts, but in others have zero resilience. They just crumple and won't get up until we carry them off on a stretcher. <laughs> and, and so what what I'm basically saying in Nine Ways to a Resilient Child is, if you want your kids to be resilient, they will have an inbuilt tendency for resilience anyway. We all do. That's what humans do. We bounce back. But there are specific things that we can do and spe- specific things that will destroy resilience. But there are specific things that we can do that will help our children to develop the intrinsic capacity, you know, the, the right mindset, the right way of thinking. Get rid of that stinking thinking and start to look at problems in different ways. The psychological flexibility, the understanding of their strengths, Um the environment that they surround themselves with, all of these things can contribute to meaningful changes in their resilience.
0: Something about resiliency, like I said at the introduction, is we do expect it of our kids. But I often wonder how we recognise whether we have that skill. I mean, how can parents tell? Because we are the best role models for our kids. How can we tell if we have resiliency?
1: I think that if we're quiet for just a moment and ask ourselves am I resilient? And then just listen to what we've got to say inside about it. We'll kind of know. If if you're still here and if you're still listening, then chances are you're pretty resilient because that would mean that you've gotten through 20, 30, 40, 50 years of life and you're still here. That, That indicates a pretty good level of resilience. And you may have had tremendous adversity in your life, but you're still here. So I think that we are all resilient, but of course some of us are more resilient than others. And and this is one of those. You know, the book talks about all of these things for our kids, but every single one of those things that I talk about are just as applicable to adults. Do we um, do we bounce back? Do we have risk factors in our lives or protective factors, and how do they stack up? Are we experiencing adverse experiences, or are we managing to avoid most of the the trauma that life can throw at us and, and filling our lives, life by design rather than default? You know, Are we creating opportunities to use our strengths? Are we looking at a situation and saying, hmm, a resilient response to this would be this, I'm hurting right now, and I'm going to be comfortable with the fact that I'm hurting But once I've stopped hurting, where am I going to go from here? Are we asking ourselves these these questions and are we setting our lives up so that we're getting enough green time instead of too much screen time Uh, as one more example of all the things that we can do to be resilient? But adults can. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And uh, I I kind of personally feel that parents need a particular kind of resiliency, both for the day-to-day. I was thinking about this when I was reading your book. I was like especially on a Friday morning, I get up and I can feel so tired that I almost feel sick and trying to get the kids ready and get to work and then get back in time and all that stuff. I feel like parents on a day-to-day level need a certain level of resiliency. And then on a deeper level, we need to develop a resiliency as our children grow because they're always going to challenge us. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. It, look, my, my eldest daughter is about to turn 18 <laughs> and, and, and I've got three teenagers now. I, but, so I've got six kids. They're all girls and uh, and they're all from the same family and they're all intentionally conceived and all that sort of
0: stuff. So, uh, <laughs> I love that you have to add that. Uh, Well,
1: everybody's thinking it. Uh,
0: <laughs> That's true. Six is a big number.
1: Yeah. And, 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 and no, we weren't trying for a boy just in case. Yours, we, just wanted, we, we love kids. Um, uh, but, but, you know, they they have so much energy for the causes in which they believe. Like, Getting permission to use Instagram, and as parents, we're kind of going. You know, I've answered this question about forty-three times in the last seven minutes, and and there is a level of resiliency that we need to have to just deal with what our kids throw at us. Their tantrums, their dramas. Um, We were talking off air before we started this conversation about three-year-olds. So my youngest is about to turn three, and I can't believe how excited she gets about lotions and potions and shampoos and you know we'll go we, we buy bulk packs of shampoo because with six girls you need a lot of shampoo and and if we leave the bathroom for a moment we'll come back in and there'll be a liter and a half of shampoo <laughs> in, the, in the water or, or we'll wash her hair and 20 minutes later she's gone and found like the um the vitamin E cream and she's smeared <laughs> it all through her hair and she'll steal her sister's lipsticks and paint the walls with it and my goodness parents have got to be extreme on the resilience scale to get through These aren't what you'd call tremendously traumatic experiences, but they wear you down.
0: One of the things that is definitely on my radar at the moment with a five-year-old is self-control. And you mentioned that self-control has a part to play in resiliency. And I think that probably there are a lot of parents that um, think of self-control and look at their five-year-old and think they've failed abysmally at teaching it. I know that's how I feel when I look at my daughter after I tell her For the 10th time, she can't go shopping and get a doll at, I don't know, six o'clock at night. Um, Can you give us any pointers on how we can teach young children or help young children find that self-control?
1: I think the first thing we've got to do is be good at it ourselves. And and when I look at me and self-control, there's a bit of work to do. You know, I, I've, I've made that commitment to stay off sugar, and then somebody puts <laughs> the chocolate cake with the raspberries and the chocolate sauce, and I think, oh, oh self-control. You know? <laughs> so, so as, as parents, we, we need to actually be s- s- self-controlled. But more than that, we, we start to have conversations about it. Anything that you want to uh, encourage your children to do, my number one tip will always be chat about it. And don't just talk about the concept but talk about how they're doing it. So around the dinner table, you might say, I want to talk to you about self-control. And then you could actually don't do it at the dinner table because you don't want screens at the dinner table. So maybe before or after dinner, pull out the screen and and look up the marshmallow experiment. Everybody's heard of the marshmallow experiment. It's when a child gets a a marshmallow or a cupcake put in front of them and the, the experimenter says to them, if you can wait a little while and not eat this, I'll give you two. And then the kids have got to control themselves. Can I I not do it? And you see these kids. Oh, the kids are so funny. You know, the kids, they pick up the marshmallow and they're sniffing it and and they might pinch the tiniest little bit off and put it in their mouth just to get a taste. And and then there's the other kids who have got total control and they just start staring at the wall or they they start drumming the table. But watch that with the kids and then talk about self-control. See, research tells us that children who have high levels of self-control – have better relationships, obviously, because they're not flying off the handle every time something goes wrong. They do better at school because if you've got more self-control, you're going to concentrate on your schoolwork. You're going to be more conscientious. They do better at work. They have they have much better lifetime outcomes. They're much less likely to consume and use and misuse alcohol and other drugs of abuse. Uh, they they have healthier, happier lives because they've got self-control. Now, now, too much self-control is not a good thing as well, so we want to get the balance right. But most five-year-olds, don't have a yeah, problem no, with that. really, no. They right. uh, so don't go too far on, on on the wrong end of the scale. So if we want to have self-control, we talk to them about it and explain what it is and how it works. And then we might give an example of how today, me as a parent, how I showed some self-control. You know, like that time when you cut your sister's hair and I didn't shout at you, uh, even though you <laughs> gave her a crew cut, basically. Uh, you know, she had the hair down to her waist and it's all gone now. And, and I use self-control by just getting the broom and picking it up and putting the scissors away, and that, that's self-control. So you share that example, and then you say, can you think of a time when you showed some self-control today? And then once they've shared that with you, you say, well, every day for the next couple of weeks, or for the next three days or whatever, I'm going to ask you about ways that you showed self-control, and I'm going to share ways that I showed it as well. And so you set self-control up as a, an admirable quality, as a virtue, as a characteristic that you want them to to, to. to exude and, and and then each day you reinforce that by saying tell me what you did and then you you don't need to praise them and go bananas about it. You say, "Hey, that's 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 awesome. What can you do tomorrow to show self-control? What's something that you're struggling with self-control on?" And so you just have the conversations. At the same time you might go and find a whole bunch of YouTube clips about self-control or you might watch a Disney movie with them or, you know, whatever they're into and and talk about, "Hey, do you remember that bit in Frozen where Um, I can't remember if it's Elsa or Anna now, I've seen it about 18 times, I should know, (laughs) where she punches that guy in the mouth at the end of the movie. Was that showing self-control? Was that appropriate?
0: (laughs) And you can talk to them about that. It was funny, but no, it it wasn't self-control. And and, and you
1: can talk about that. And it was funny because it was a movie, but if it was in real life, would it have been funny? And what would have been a more controlled way to deal with that situation, a much safer, happier, healthier way to deal with that situation? When we have the conversations with our kids, they learn that this is a, a... a value that matters, and then they start to exhibit it. And they feel good. They feel competent when they do it.
0: Now, you have five girls. Six. six girls, sorry. Six. Six. Yeah. six. How could I lose one? Six um, <laughs> over the age range of 3 to 18, as you've just mentioned. Has this given you a um, pretty different perspective of what resilience looks like at different ages? And I'm particularly interested in whether you think it's a continually developing skill.
1: Yes, and yes. So, as the children, you know, the challenges and adversities that typically developing children in in safe, secure homes will experience uh, change as they get older. You know, when they're when they're two, the adversity is getting their pants on the right way, uh, or or dealing with a parent who says you still do need to wear a nappy to bed at least. Um, you know, that that's an adversity for them. Being told no is like the world is ending. (laughs) How how can I not have a lollipop? We're in the shops. That's what we do. We buy lollipops (laughs) in the shops. Um, And then of course they go to school and they encounter different kinds of adversity. They might experience some challenges with friendships or maybe we find out that they have a learning difficulty or they just don't get on with the teacher or, you know, they get in trouble and have some sort of issue. And then they become tweens and they start to deal with the popularity sort of stuff, the comparison, the materialism, because that's what our society and culture have created for our eight-year-olds. I mean, how toxic is that? And then they get into high school and they start encountering much more challenging circumstances. Uh, unfortunately, as my children have gone, to, we've got children in, in a variety of schools or have had them over the years in a variety of schools, state and private, to try to work out what's best for each child. And, and, and we're fortunate to have had that choice. Not everybody does. But our children have encountered significant uh, challenges with some friends who have maybe identified as, as gay or have experienced domestic violence or who have lost loved ones in tragic circumstances. And even though that hasn't happened to our kids, it's happened to their friends and they've been affected by it. These are all adverse childhood experiences. And as children get older, they tend to experience bigger Issues and therefore resilience means different things or, or or is displayed in different ways as a result of that.
0: There is so much in this book, and as I mentioned before, there's nine steps to a resilient child. So there's lots there for that we can't get into today. Um Justin, thank you so much though for coming and chatting to us. Thanks, Siobhan. It's been great. Feed Play Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt.